Well, good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Tuesday, November 29th, 2022. And our top story today, the importance of having an estate plan at any age. Joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Linda Leeds is a certified financial planner with Peace of Mind Planning, Inc. Linda, it's great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. I'm delighted to be here, Jeff. Thanks for asking me. And I certainly hope you had a great Thanksgiving you know, kind of a lot of people have a long weekend, so hopefully you had a great Thanksgiving. Linda, we're coming up on the end of the year, and there's so many things that people need to think about. Not only their holiday shopping, uh, they, they just thought about Thanksgiving, which unfortunately was probably a little bit more expensive than they wanted it to be. But you recently wrote a piece for the, piece for the Gazette about estate planning. Let's start there. How important is estate planning at any age? Estate planning really is important at any age, Jeff, and you you nailed it the way that you said it. Um, even if someone thinks, well, I don't have much or I'm young, I'm just starting out, quite frankly, that can be very complicating if, as we laughingly say around here, you get hit by a beer truck and you're just not here anymore, or you get hit by a beer truck and you are disabled, meaning that somebody has to step in and do things for you, or if you're, if you're just not going to be around anymore, they need to settle your estate. And dying intestate, which is uh, what they call it if you don't have a will or something that directs how to handle the final affairs, can be, very, um, can be quite a problem. And not having someone who is authorized as a power of attorney to make health care decisions someone who is authorized to make financial and legal decisions for you can be a huge complication. And especially a lot of young adults think, oh, my mom and dad can do it. Well, if you're over the age of majority in your state, that can't happen. They Sometimes doctors and banks and so forth will work with you, but they may have to go to court to have something put in place. It's just a big hassle for everybody involved. And it's not fair to the people you care about to do that. Yeah, because yeah, you're not, obviously you're not going to be around Maybe you'll be around in spirit, but you're not going to be around physically to handle these things. And I was going to ask you, Linda, um, you know, the, the presumption is that this is a middle age, older person's uh, issue, someone like myself who is in middle age. But really, you can have an estate plan, which I would think you would adjust over time as a uh, as an adult, as an 18 year old. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it may not seem like a really great holiday gift, but if you're looking for something to help your your young adult, the new young adult in your in your family get started, getting them just just a basic. Here's what happens to my stuff if I'm not around or here's who can make decisions for me if I'm not able to make them is good. And um, and that's as as was said earlier, it's really not just a favor for you. It's a favor for the people who care about you that are going to need to step in and handle things if you need them. So yeah, it's really a an ageless issue. And those things can be updated. The, the last time they can be updated is when you're not around. So if um, if you're if you're around every three to five years, just looking at it, saying, is this something that I really want to do? Uh, the way that I've got it set out, or do I want to make some changes? Is not a bad idea too. 
Yeah, and this is more than the beneficiary designation. Many people may have a 401k, a 403b, they may have an IRA. You have to make some type of beneficiary des designation. This is a lot more than that. Linda, where, where do you start? Um, obviously, you're someone who helps others with their financial planning and with their estate planning. And some people, an 18-year-old, may not know where to start. And they've seen the commercials for LegalZoom and others. Where do, you, where do I start if I don't have an estate plan in place, if I don't have a will? First place to start really is with what do you want and who do you think you might want to do it? So before you either reach out to some of the online services or go to your parents' uh, attorney or something like that, start thinking about who you want to do things and talk to those people. Um, a lot of times uh, a young adult may say, well, I want mom and dad to do that. That may be fine until they get to the point where mom and dad really need someone to handle their affairs and are not going to be around longer than the child is, the adult child. Also, there's the whole question of, well, should I, should I ask my siblings? Maybe. That's a pretty big ask. If, if you're asking someone to handle your affairs, either because you can't and you're still around or because you're not going to be around, that's a, it's, it's not only a big um, logistical lots to do ask, it's also a big emotional ask. Going through somebody's affairs if they're not around is, is emotional. Yeah. Uh, last question before we go to a commercial break. I want to ask you, and in the, in the second half of the show, I want to talk about the different components. But my last question, you know, we live in a digital age now. So many of us have logins, logins for our banking accounts, uh, logins for our social media. Um, from what I've read, and I want to get your, uh, your points, points of view on this, you know, all of these things need to be documented so that when I pass on, my wife or my uh, trustee of my estate will be able to access my social media account, my digital footprint, and also my banking information. But where do you stand on this? Absolutely. If you don't have the ability for people to get in online and manage things as they need to, you may be leaving yourself in the lurch. And the big issue there is, how do you convey that information in a way that makes you comfortable while you still need to get into that information? In other words, am I okay in my case as a single um, as a single person with adult children? How comfortable am I knowing that my kids, my adult kids who are all responsible, could get into my bank account, my my 401k, my IRA, all of those things, my credit cards? Am I comfortable with them having that information now, or do I need to have trigger that only allows them in once I'm not able to get in myself. Yeah, really, really good thought on that. Got to give thought to your own privacy and, and maintaining that while you're still on the planet. Linda, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we'll get into some of the components of the estate plan. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, 
the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses, I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Are you over 50? Would you like to get up to 33% more income in retirement? Then call now for this free book, Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers. This free book reveals little-known secrets about annuity strategies that will help you make the right choices before buying an annuity. Call right now for your free book. And as a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report, both absolutely free, for calling Annuity General today. Call 800-504-8194. Well, Linda, thanks so much for sticking around with us this morning. Really appreciate you on board for segment number two. Happy to be here. Let's talk about some of the components of the estate plan. I think a lot of people are familiar with what is called a will, but just define that for us. And, and maybe let's, let's talk, start there, and then we can talk about some of the other documentation you may need. Okay. A will, as I understand it, and I'm not an attorney, but an, sure. a will is, is a legal document that says, when I'm no longer here, when I'm not alive, here's where my stuff goes, here's how my, my debts get paid off, and here's who I want to do that. And hopefully, if that person isn't around, here are the second or third choices that I have for someone to settle all of that on my behalf and basically close out my estate. And my estate is just all the stuff I own and all the stuff I owe and what happens with all of that. It can also include little idiosyncrasies like um, who gets my pets and is there some financial allowance for that. It can also in most states have some kind of what they call personal property listing of here's who gets my jewelry, that painting that everybody always loves. Um, I call it the doily attachment. You know, it's the who gets all the little personal things. And, and Linda, do you have to appoint uh, when you draft that, that, that will, do you have to, and again, we know that you're not an attorney, but do you have to appoint a trustee or someone who's going to be responsible for your estate? And, um, you know, I mean, if you're a simple, have a simple estate, kind of breaking that apart and following the letter of the law and the, and the will to give that to the right beneficiaries. Yes, you do need to appoint someone or some institution. Some people will use a trust department or some, some financial institution like that. Uh, you do need to appoint someone. And uh, it's really important to ask that person now while you're alive, are you willing and able to do this? And ideally you have at least one, maybe two people behind that person that if they're not around or if they're not able or just if they're unwilling to do it at the time that that can be done. And um, 
there are, you mentioned a trustee. Generally, if it's a straightforward will, they're, depending on the state, it's either going to be a personal representative or an executor or executrix. If it's, um, if it's some of the states that are a lot more complicated in terms of probate, or if your situation is complicated, some kind of trust, either during your lifetime or that that springs into being when you pass away is important, and then you're going to need a trustee. Same general duties, which are, here's what I want to happen, please make it happen. Linda, let's talk about the medical director. This is something that people, I think people probably often overlook. The medical directive, what is it? Why do I need it? The medical directive, and there are a couple of components that can come into it. It can say, here's how I want my medical care handled if I'm not able to make decisions on myself. And then it can also appoint a person to implement those decisions. Now, um, what's, what's really difficult is if you say, I want this person to handle my decisions, but they don't have any directive of how you feel about it. You know, whether it's, um, and again, sometimes people don't like talking about these things because yeah, they're not they're hard. They're hard. They're I mean, really hard issues. Yeah, you're acknowledging your own mortality. And, and by the way, we're all mortal and we're all going to be leaving the planet at some point. And I'm not talking about on the Artemis moon mission. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And besides the mortality, there's what the the uh, physicians in the legal community call morbidity. In other words, this isn't you being gone. It's just morbid because you're here and there are some other issues involved about you being here. And it's really difficult on the spectrum of what I laughingly say, I've got a hangnail, you know, or a bad hair day, just let me out of here. Or I want to be kept alive as long humanly as possible. And there aren't right or wrong decisions on that. It's a very personal decision. And if you don't tell that person that you've given that authority, what your preferences are, you're really doing them a disservice and you're putting them in a terrible position. So talking to those people ahead of time, saying, here are my wishes, spelling them out to the extent possible, because that helps the medical community not feel like they're going to be at risk of being pursued in a malpractice cases as much. So those are very important. And it's just, again, it's the right thing to do for the people you care about so that they can do what you would want them to do. Linda, did estate planning change much as a result of covid and the pandemic, or did it just make more people aware that, hey, we're mortal, these things are going to happen, um, I need to work with somebody, an attorney, someone like yourself, or someone, or another person to get my affairs in order? That's such a good question, Jeff. And uh, anything like COVID or um, AIDS epidemic, if we go back a few decades or yeah. whatever, that, that comes into the sort of the social consciousness gives us a sanity check on we really need to handle these things and we need to handle them in a way that uh, takes as much burden off of the people we care about and puts as many of our wishes in place so that people can reference them as possible. So yeah, it, it, it can and it should. It also, sometimes COVID does things even just not related to estate planning, like is three months of uh, emergency funds enough for me or should I get six or nine because I may be out of work or I may be sick? Yeah, a really, really important point. It, it's funny how it all kind of ties together. It's not just estate planning. It's not just emergency savings. Everything has to, it's like a patchwork quilt, has to uh, fit together. Last question, Linda, and then I promise I'll let you go for the morning. 
Let's talk a little bit about, uh, just want to refresh everyone's memory, that the state in which you live, is it the state that which you li- in which you live uh, that drives the, the, you know, whether something goes to probate? It, you should be aware, even if you move from Colorado to Charlotte or to North Carolina or another state, be aware of some of the changes, and then you probably need to update your estate plan accordingly. Absolutely. The legal power of attorney for financial and, and, and uh, legal matters, the health power of attorney, and that good old will or trust, you should have an attorney look over it. You should do a little bit of research on your own if you want to about does where I've moved from and to make all of these documents need to be updated? And if so, get on it. I mean, what you don't want is that um, that false sense that if I don't deal with my estate plan, I can't get hurt or I can't die. That's not what determines whether you get hurt or whether you die. You need to have those things in place because if you don't and, and suddenly something goes awry, then you really put an undue burden on the people who want to do the right thing for you. Yeah. Well, we're, we all are mortal. Uh, you're not, tomorrow is not certainly not guaranteed. And these are steps you can take. Uh, for your legacy and also for your uh, beneficiaries and people that you love and care about. Linda, we're going to leave it there. Really great to chat with you. I can't even get it out. Thanks so much for joining us. We look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. I look forward to it too. Thank you so much for including me, Jeff. I appreciate it. That wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more in all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, or visit our website, and of course, all of our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRNAM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.